Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a welder, and I love films. I love all the films. I agree with Albert Einstein when he said... Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. And if you can't do that, check out the Muppet movie. It's mostly all in there. Every week, I invite a guest over to my house. I tell them they've died, and then we discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. This week's guest is the brilliant actor, Mr. Stephen Cree. You might know him from Outlander or other things. I've known Stephen Cree for many years. He's a very good friend of mine. He's also... The funniest person I know who is not a stand-up comedian, and he absolutely should be a stand-up comedian, and I hope one day he will be. Anyway, he's come round on the show. I'm recording this episode, this intro, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where I'm doing my stand-up show, What Is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me, every night at the Pleasance Courtyard at 7pm. Please come along. When you're listening to this, there's probably only 10 performances left. You better come, or you'll kick yourself if you miss it. It's a show about love and sex, and it's terribly good. Anyway, back to the podcast. Stephen Cree came over. Oh, we had a right old time. But I do have to warn you, there is quite a bit of hardcore swearing. So if that upsets you, maybe skip those bits. There may be some spoilers when we talk about films you haven't seen yet. So maybe skip those bits. And we do touch very lightly on some quite dark subjects. So if that upsets you, you can skip those bits too. But I just keep skipping everything, otherwise, what is the point? Anyway, I'm very grateful that you're here again, or if this is your first time, welcome. I hope you have a lovely time, and I will speak to you again at the end of the episode. And now, for episode six of Films to be Buried With. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do I say hello as well? No. Hello, and welcome to hello, and welcome to Films to Be Buried with with me, Brett Goldstein. I am here with my good friend, actor, writer, should be comedian, not officially one yet. Mm. It's TV's Stephen Cree. Stephen Cree, you would know him from the hit TV show Outlander. Never seen it. Here it's wonderful. Cut that. Pretend I've seen it. <laughs> I do hear it's wonderful, and I know it has an incredible fan base. Uh, Stephen Cree has also written and starred in his own short film, The Little Prince, which I have definitely seen. The Little Princess, actually. It's called The Little Princess. <laughs> I thought you were the prince. Oh, no, she's the little princess. Yeah. Uh, and it's very moving, and you should see it. I don't know if it's online, is it? Not yet. Not yet. One day Not it yet. will be. It will be, yeah. Hopefully. And uh, Stephen Cree and I first met on a on a film. Now here he is. It's Stephen Cree. Hi, Brett. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm delighted to be in your living room. Thank you for coming over. I really appreciate it. Do you like films? Uh, I love films. Yeah. yeah. Big film guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm questioning. I'm a massive film guy. That's why. Uh, I think that's why I wanted to be. Uh, no, it's not why I wanted to be an actor, actually. But why does you want to be an actor? Why does I want to be an actor? Because yeah. I saw a film. Well, I guess it is why I want to be an actor. I saw a film when I was a, a young boy, and that made me want to do what do you I remember do. what the film was that yeah. made you want to be an actor? Yeah, but we'll probably talk about it, but we'll oh, not. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, should we not... save it for the... Let's have no spoilers. So, yeah, I don't want to... You know, it could be quite an exciting moment. Yeah, let's not... But play. I think as well, you know, I did, uh, I did school shows when I was a kid. You know, primary school. and What was your first role? Oliver. Were you Oliver? In Oliver Twist. No. When I was at primary school. In the musical version? In the, in the musical version, yeah. No. But do you know what? I think... I didn't know that. Yeah. I was 10 or 11. Wow. And I think that actually someone else had got cast as Oliver. No. But didn't want to do it or something. So it then fell to me. And that which person... is kind of... Was Ryan Gosling. And that person was Ryan Gosling, yeah, which is incredible. Because we weren't even at the same school or lived in the same country. No. And now look how Ryan's career has gone. Well, I guess after he saw you as Oliver, he was like, oh, man, I should have done that. Yeah, so he went and joined the Disney Club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and... Well, he's done all right for himself. Let's not worry about Ryan. Yeah. You were Oliver in the musical version. In the musical version of Oliver. and And you were 10. Yeah, and you know, my mum always tells a story about that. She remembers that, she always says when I was a kid, I couldn't, I never had any, like I didn't necessarily have social graces 
in the sense that if somebody come over, like if an adult come mm-hmm. over and wanted me to smile or something, I would just stare back at them or mm-hmm. turn away from them. And I was just like very, uh, I never kind of was polite Has when you're meant to be polite. No, apparently not. No. People tell me that's still the same. And apparently when I was on stage, we yeah. were, we were, I was singing a song called Where Is Love? Mm-hmm. And my primary teacher at the time who was playing the keyboard hit a wrong note. And apparently in the middle of the song, I turned and just glared <laughs> and stared at her from the stage. Sing us a bit of that song. <sighs> really? Well, only five seconds. Okay. Of the we have to pay Where for is love? Does it fall from? from stars above? Skies above. That's is it right. skies above? If you'd have, if you'd have fucked it up, I'd have glared at you. Is it underneath the, the willow tree that I've been dreaming of? I'm getting uh, carried away. Sorry about that. No, it was lovely. Sorry. Um, so, Stephen. Yes. Brett, you have yep. died. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You've really tragically died. You've died. Fair um, enough. What happened? How did you die? Broke my neck. Oh, yeah. How? Do you know? What? I fell. It was fairly innocuous. Really? And I just broke my neck. And strangely, mm. where were you? We were talking. Do you know? I think I can't remember. I was having a conversation with my wife about this. Right. A couple of weeks ago. Because had she read or was some was is there is there a is there a thing of people like preempting their or, or having visions of how they're going to oh but we're watching Godless right and Jeff Daniels character in it the whole way through says he knows how he's going to die and I was like well I've actually had a recurring thought for years that I'm going to die by breaking my neck in in do you know where and and fell downstairs <laughs> in your own house I fell down a flight of stairs no. Um, and a top man when I was oh. trying to help you buy a jacket. Oh, God, that is so yeah. tragic. Did I get the jacket? Tragic. You, you got the jacket. No, it's not all bad. In the end. Do um, I wear it to your funeral? Or is it inappropriate for a funeral? It's not, it's not necessarily a funeral jacket, but being that you only have two. one or two jackets, mm. it'll be either that one or the other one that I helped you buy from... Uh, was that Miss was Selfridge? That from? Was that from um, yeah, just to point out here, people mm. that won't know this, which mm. is probably the majority of anyone outside of me and you, yeah, uh, I've helped you buy probably most of your clothes in the last all, all of my clothes. all of your clothes in the last five or I six years. I mean, if the listener is at all interested, I have um, what I would call zero. I mean, zero interest in clothes to the extent that it depresses me. The very thought of having to choose something to wear, which is why, if you know me, I only wear black or white T-shirts. Black yeah. for winter, white for summer. Yeah. Although today, actually... Or blue. I've actually moved into blue. Yeah. I've, I've never seen you in that before. I think someone else bought it for me, and I was like, oh, I suppose I could wear blue yeah. when it's spring. It looks nice. Thanks, man. But anyway, lying- thanks for helping me buy all those coats, and I'm sorry that you died. So you fell down this... I mean, the ignom... That's a hard word I'm about to say. I've right. never been able to say this word properly. Ignominity? Ignom- the ignominy mm. of dying, buying you a fucking jacket mm. again. Was it oh, winter or summer jacket? Autumn. Oof. But your jackets, like you, you've got you, you've you're kind of a jacket for all seasons type yeah, of guy, yeah. aren't you? This is probably so far already the most riveting podcast that anyone's ever listened to. I imagine it's it's possible this stuff will get edited. Who knows? Right. Okay. This might be the best bit. So you died. Do you know yeah. the? Are you worried about death? Is it something? You, how do you feel about death? Are you comfortable with the idea? Is it something you look forward to? Do I look? I, I don't think I look forward to it. But right. sometimes I go through phases of thinking. You know, sometimes I think if I died, 
I've already had 38. I'm 38. I've already had, you know, a pretty good life. I, I've done Have one you? of the things. I mean, I, I know that it doesn't appear that way because hmm. uh, I moan about it yeah. all the time. But uh, I, I actually, I have had yeah. a good life on paper. You know, I always on, think on you paper. have it. Just talking yeah. to you makes me think, oh, no, you haven't. Yeah. But objectively, I go, he's had a great life. It's difficult, though, like, both, like, being being an actor, mm. being Scottish. Yes. You know, like... Two problem areas. Two, yeah, it's two things that are conducive towards being naturally really positive and happy mm. uh, with your lot. But so you're not you're not scared of death? You're like, whatever happens, I'd probably deserve it. No, I think, like, yeah, you know, when you're... I think now I would rather... I would rather not die. If you told me I was going to die tomorrow, mm. I'd be pretty devastated about if that. If I knew, would you rather I didn't tell you? I'm no. not saying I know. I'm not saying I know. No, do you know what? Know. No, it'd be better if I knew, actually, because oh. I'd probably have to... I'd probably have to tell Callie some passwords or something. Do you want her knowing? Yeah, to yeah, like, you know... I suppose you're dead by that You point. know, my... Uh, my offshore bank accounts and stuff, obviously. Right. You know, well, let right. me just I don't say have this. any offshore bank accounts. I'm not saying I know anything, but don't yeah. go to Top Man tomorrow. I'm going to talk. Okay, right. Uh, do you think there's an afterlife? No. 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 I mean, I, I kind of think there is something after. So you don't think death? it's just blackout? I think, partly if I had, you know, if I, uh, you know, if I had a gun to my head. Yeah, well, that would be a time. That would be a time. To, I'd probably say, yeah, I think it's blackout, but. I do also think something else happened. I've had a couple of experiences where... Can you tell me I've, one of them? One of them was... One of them's very hard to explain uh, and kind of... Like any of these things are hard to explain because it's just almost a feeling as well. But when I was mm. 26, my aunt died when I was 19, who I was very close to, who's my mum's twin. Right. And when I was 20... Yeah, I was 26. And I was going through quite a difficult period... Something happened where I was absolutely convinced that, you know, my aunt was kind of watching out for me. And it was almost like a, whether, I mean, you know, it's whether or not the incident was a total coincidence, Mm. I don't know. But at that particular point, it was something... There was like a moment that happened you thought, oh, she's here watching out for me. There There was literally, I mean, it's... It's so, it sounds almost ridiculous to explain no. it, which is why I'm reluctant to okay. explain it. But by not explaining it, it doesn't make sense. My aunt's name was Aunt Sally. Right. Well, her name wasn't Aunt Sally. Her name was Sally. Her name was Sarah. Right. I called so, her Sally. Okay. And remember, there was a site even before Facebook and everything called whereareyounow.com. Right. And it was for travellers. Like if you'd gone on holiday and stuff, you could... Uh, keep in touch with fellow travellers and it probably wasn't that it was probably just a first glorified worldwide dating site or something but you could see who had last looked at your profile and that morning when I went on to look at it when I was feeling quite down the last person to have looked at my profile was somebody called Aunt Sally really age 47 which is the age she was when she died and there was no profile photo or anything. And it had a, t- a timestamp on it. It was after she died that they'd looked. It, it was like it was it like was that morning. Oh, wow. Like you can see it's like last looked yeah. at your profile an hour ago. Wow. And uh, whether or not that was just some absolutely bizarre coincidence. Which was, maybe... there, um, was there a picture of like Wurzel Gummidge or was it? No. no there, was okay. the, there was no picture 
Oh, it's okay. I mean, it's just a picture of... Wow, that's nice. A picture of nothing. Did it, did no it change your... You were going through this difficult time. Did it change the way you were? I mean, yeah, for, for, for that day, it made me think, you know what? Like, just keep going on this. Hmm. Uh, just keep going on the path that you're going on. How did Dan right die? Um, cancer. Okay. Cancer, yeah. Okay, so, sh- so you think there's more... I, that's nice. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't know, but I think I'm, I'm both... I think the world and the universe is just such a mysterious place. I'm, I'm both quite sceptical but very open at the same time, if that's possible. I think it is. And why not? Why not? Don't, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. When it happens, it happens. Yeah. You might as well have a believe in something. Yeah. Are you scared of death? Uh, do you know what's really uh, maybe funny is that I didn't used to be scared of death at all. wasn't scared of it remotely. Almost just thought, oh, it's interesting. I was sort of curious, you know, whatever. And then I got very fascinated by a particular psychiatrist who wrote books called Irving Yalom. And then he wrote a book called Staring into the Sun, which is about overcoming death anxiety. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I don't, have, I don't know mm. what that is. Anyway, it was an entire book about people... Patients he'd had who were so overwhelmingly scared of death that they couldn't function and stuff, and how he'd help them. And after reading the whole book, I then had death anxiety. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he, quite the opposite, gave me fear of death, which I had not yet had. <laughs> and now I, I do. I think now part of it is, I've come this far, I sort of feel like, oh, do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, I've got to finish the job now. Like, I've come this I think maybe... When I was younger, I was more blasé about, oh, it doesn't matter if I die, whereas now I go, I've sort of put a lot of work in and, you know, it'd be a shame not to finish some of these fucking... Podcasts. Yeah, these podcasts (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, that plant, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You just think, oh, it's pretty putting, you know... Maybe you should read the the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. Yes. Which actually, funnily enough, gives you the... gives you... I think, an even greater appreciation for life. Because I, I actually wish, in a way, we've talked about this before, but it'd be nice to be... I, I kind of wish I could be 100% in my beliefs about all that stuff by being uh, more Buddhist about mm. it. Because actually, just if I really, really... I think there'd probably be some kind of great comfort in really believing in something. Yeah. Uh, 100%. But there's a bit in that where they talk about... I can't remember which Buddhist, but uh, they turn their glass upside down at the end of the night. Uh, beside their bed and then when they wake up in the morning they turn it back up the right way and it's to remind themselves each morning to be grateful for another day alive for another glass yeah I went through quite a long phase of doing that actually did you and then I thought ah, fuck that yeah <laughs> smashed the glass one day <laughs> yeah I've been trying to meditate every morning I've done 33 days in a row now yep and it's getting I sort of set myself I'm going to do 30 days yep and now I've done the 30 days, I'm a bit annoyed that I'm having to get up early to meditate. How long do you meditate for? 25 minutes. Mm. It's good. I mean, it just makes you realise, I, what I think meditating is, is closing mm. your eyes and calling yourself a cunt for 25 minutes. Yeah. So that's what I do in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you died, and the way you go, there is an afterlife, and they're interested in movies, they're interested in your life yep. through film. Yeah. And the first question I have for you is, what is the very first film you remember seeing? You know, it's, I actually, I, was, I, cannot, I can't remember the very first film I ever saw, but the I first think film you remember the first, that, yeah, yeah, the fir- I think like the first, it's maybe one of two, actually, the, yeah. the first, like, you know, because you kind of just have to be the first answer that comes to your head, 
I think it's normally maybe the right one. I think it was maybe the never-ending story. Great, lovely. Or Gremlins, but I'm thinking more the never-ending story. And what, 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 did you see it at the cinema or on telly? I think I would have seen that at home. I think the first film I ever saw at the cinema was E.T., which is probably Forever Age Group. Yeah. A fairly standard that might have been the first for answer. I think that was uh, my mum said I cried mm, me too. Uh, when I went to see it, but I definitely cried when I saw Neverending Story when um, a trio mm. is, it, is a trio, yeah, the I horse. Think so. It was a trio. Stuck in the mud. It got stuck in the, in the in the quicksand. Yeah. Which strangely, as well, when you're young, as well in the eighties, when you're a kid, quicksand is something that you're quite scared of. Yeah, that's so true. Despite the fact that when do you ever come across quicksand? When have you ever come across quicksand in your life? James Acaster, who has been on this podcast, he yeah. thinks his death is going to be with quicksand. <laughs> it's the wow. first time I've heard that come up recently. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, where do you see? But you do when you're a kid, don't you? Whirlpools yeah. and quicksand. It, what, Pops up quite a lot in yeah. children's culture, you're right, quicksand. And yeah. yet in real life, when have you ever seen quicksand? Never. Maybe once. Certainly not. Is it a thing? Does it, it, it must be somewhere. I've never seen it. So when, where did you see so, Never Any Story? I would have seen it at home, okay. I think. Probably, On your own? Probably with my older brother. Okay. Three years older brother, who you think's got a really funny name. What's his name? Derek. <laughs> <laughs> It's just funny. <laughs> Which I didn't realise actually. It's a funny name and also is also just like consistently used in comedy yeah. as a funny name. Yeah. Yeah. The show Derek. Yeah, the show Derek. Came in, it's called Derek. Comedy. I'm sure partly because it's a funny name. In the Catherine Tate show, That's Derek right. is my favourite character. Derek's my favourite character in the Catherine Tate show as well. Derek is a great comedy name. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think it's because it's got a K in the end. K is always funny. It's yeah. De- it's Derek. It just sounds funny. Yeah. So you and Derek are watching Never Ending Story, like sat down to what, like, as in, did your mum put you down? Like, what was the, do you remember? So this is a, do you have, my memory of like, mm. the I kept my childhood memories Yeah. of up till I was like seven or eight are really rubbish. Yeah. Really, I don't have particularly clear, great childhood memories. I don't know why that is. What was going on that I've blocked? I don't know if this is the, the place to discuss. The, no. What made... That's no, probably well, not blocked out, but maybe it is actually. Let's, maybe it was a never-ending story. Maybe him, maybe it would be it seeing a tree drown in the quicksand. Does he die? No, he doesn't. Does he? Okay. Doesn't he come like he does at that point? Yeah. And the and the boy because he's like a tree. Hmm. What's the what's the little boy called? I know, but he's got a, like long hair. Do you know what? Maybe he's called a tree. I think he might be. And the horse is called something else. And is it a horse or is it a unicorn? No, it's definitely a horse. Or is it a unicorn? Mm. Isn't it? Or is it a unicorn? I don't know, but do you know directly? Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland? And that's true. Did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that the director of Never Ending Story is Wolfgang Peterson, who also made Das Boot and The Perfect Storm? Holy shit. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that, would you? No, I wouldn't have expected that. Falcor. 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 Oh, yeah, that's the one. Everyone loves Falcor. I mean, it's just such a... I don't know if kids would appreciate it in the same way now because the special effects and everything mm. are going to look so, well, just so dated now. But as a kid, that was so magical. So did you, was that the film that made you want to be an actor? Because earlier you were saying... No. Right, what, what? No, that made me want to have a flying dog. Yeah, I'd like a flying dog. Like a kind of flying... And he looks like a golden retriever, Falcor, doesn't he? This was a big... You want a flying dog that's big enough that you can lie on its back. Yeah. You don't want like a flying yeah. soft sausage dog. It'd be pointless. Yeah. I'd be really annoyed. If the only dog that flew couldn't carry me, I'd be well annoyed. Get a shit. What would be the point? 
just watch it. You'd a tiny flying dog. It would be like having a kite. I suppose you just have a leash and you just watch it. That's what you want as a kid, don't you? Well, I did fly. I used to have flying dreams all the time. Yeah. Did you have them, like, in your dreams you can fly? Yeah, I still have them. I don't have them anymore. And apparently, is it not something to do with... Is it not to do with linked to ambition? Or something that's about wanting to... Oh, you've stopped sort of, being I, So I must have stopped being ambitious. <laughs> it's just strange. Yes, maybe you're grounded. You're literally grounded. <sighs> maybe I'm happy. Oh, God. Okay, well, why don't I ask you what's the film that made you cry? Hang on, you haven't answered. I'm so sorry. Yeah. What's the Earlier, you said to us uh-huh. there was a film that made you want to be an actor. Yeah. What was that film? Is that one of the questions? No, but it is for you. All right, okay. Uh, it was Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I love The that musical. Absolutely yeah. love it. When I was 12, mm-hmm. I think, my brother, Derek. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> But actually funny, he was playing the comedy part and uh, my school, my secondary school, um, did who had an amazing music teacher called Fiona McKenzie. Right. Who's still doing amazing things in the town. Shout out to Fiona McKenzie. Hi Fiona. Um she runs Centre Stage in Kilmarnock now, which is an amazing uh amazing place. And um anyway they were doing excerpts of Jesus Christ Superstar and Derek was playing King Herod and he came home one day oh, yeah. with the film of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, and I stuck it on and watched it, and I mean, was literally obsessed. I watched it. I must have watched that film hundreds, without an exaggeration, hundreds of times uh, when I was a kid on VHS. Mm. Just back and forth, I became. I, like, I, I knew every word back to front. Was Derek good as King Herod? He was all right. <laughs> he was average. He said. I mean, he says it's because of him that I wanted to be an actor because he did it, and in a strange way. Maybe it possibly is. Like, you copy your Yeah, well, I think elder. it's because of my sister. Though. Yeah, I you copy your elder sibling. It just turned out that I was far better at it than him. I'm, Although, actually, arguably, people might not think that. We've not you seen... Know. Well, I've not yeah, seen you know, You King don't Herod. think that. I've not seen his King Herod. <laughs> yeah, you might be like, actually, what your brother you know what? Do you've now. made a mistake. So it wasn't Jesus Christ, it was your brother. I like that. God, maybe it was. I've never given him any credit for that before, but in a strange way... I think you need to call your brother after this and say, not only are you funny, but I'm, I'd like to thank you for ruining my life because I'm now an actor and it's awful. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, I met... Uh, what's it? Ted Neely. I met Ted Neely a couple of years ago. So, Ted Neely, I'd like ago. you to tell the listeners it's Ted Neely. If you've not seen Jesus Christ Superstar, he's excellent. And, and the man who played Jesus Christ has sort of spent the rest of his life playing Jesus Christ. Is that right? <laughs> he's not the, and he's amazing. He's the best Jesus Christ. It's better than Jim Caviezel, or he's <laughs> yeah. the best Jesus. Jim Caviezel. If you want a Jesus, you go to Ted Neely, and that's yeah, he's the best, isn't he? You've been obsessed with him, and then yeah. tell what happened last year. Was it last year? Uh, no, it was uh, four years ago mm-hmm. when they were doing. They still do. Ted Neely still does concerts of Jesus Christ Superstar around the world. Uh, well, mostly North America and Europe, and they were doing one in Rome mm-hmm. four years ago. So I went on a pilgrimage to Rome. I went to see Ted Neely playing Jesus. I think maybe he was 70 at that wow. point, 69 or 70. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. He was still amazing. Still got the voice. And still got the voice. And then at the end of the show... And you went in a wheelchair, right? And I went in a wheelchair. Why did I go in a wheelchair, though? <laughs> so that he would heal you. And you're walking now. This <laughs> <laughs> pilgrimage to Rome was, it was Yeah, it was, it was a long journey. Uh, but, you know, it was... <laughs> It was worth it. So you met I him. should have done that for charity. Did he look, uh, did he look like Jesus um, still? Well, I mean, he looked like 
Ted Neely. Right. Still, long, you know, long hair, still a bit of a beard. And oh, really? uh, I met him after the show and uh, we sat on... How did you meet him? Because there must have been a lot of people there. Because I, I stood outside the theatre after the show right. and, uh, and everyone was coming out. And actually, like he saw, this is the thing, he's got such a huge following. Mm. Like the film Jesus Christ Superstar, it turns out... Uh, it's kind of like it's become I guess a really cult film but also there's just loads of people worldwide that seem mm. to have been really affected by the film I became obsessed with the idea of Jesus after it as well and got into I got quite into studying Christianity and I was never religious right. but I was just fascinated by the story yeah. and um, and, and fascinated by the idea of maybe being Jesus right. I thought you know I thought it wouldn't it be amazing if like I suddenly hit 17 and I, and I was like Jesus and what happened when you hit 17 I started drinking. Right. So similar. It was, yeah, it was quite similar. Uh, so go on, you're waiting outside for Ted Neely. Uh, I was waiting outside for Ted Neely. And some of the other ensemble people in the show started coming out. And I, I just said, hey, uh, that was fantastic. Well done. Brilliant. And, and one of them said, oh, that, thanks very much. Where are you from? I said, oh, Scotland, but I came over from London. Mm, and they were like, huh? In my wheelchair. In, in my wheelchair. And she, and she said, why are you in a wheelchair? And I said, oh, just, you know... That's how I travel these days. And she she said, oh, you came all the way from London. And I said, yeah. And I said, oh, I saw this years ago and I've always been a massive fan of Ted Neely. And actually it was because of the film that I that I became an actor. Because uh, at the time I, you didn't know it was because of your brother. Uh, yeah, at the time yeah. I, didn't, I should have said it was because of Derek, but she wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't have the same effect with her. She'd have been like, who, yeah. who was the Derek guy? <laughs> right. and, her, and that was an amazing Italian accent, okay. just clarifying that. And... Uh, and so then I and then I just dropped, casually dropped in to the conversation that I had done a musical in the West End of London. Lovely. Just as a kid. And she was like, oh, whoa, 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 what musical? And I was like, cabaret. And then, you know, it was like, I guess the West End of London, a, a bit like Broadway's. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good. So she was like, look, we're actually going around the corner for a drink. And then Ted comes around and joins us later. So do you want to come with us and then meet Ted later? Wow. And I was like, this is amazing. So I ended up going out with the cast uh, and then I met Ted later and we sat, this was about three o'clock or about two or three o'clock in the morning by this point. Wow. He'd been signing yeah. autographs for ages after the show and he sat with me on the curb, wow. uh, on the pavement outside the show so humble, like for about Jesus. two hours and just wow. chatting and telling me how he got the part years ago you know, what had been like playing the part for such a long time and just chatting about life. And wow. it was amazing. You know, because they say don't meet your heroes. Yeah. But that was an incredible experience. And he was such a such a great guy. I mean, so much greater than, than we will ever be or could and ever you, hope to be. after you met him, you walked? And after I met him, I walked all the way back to London. <laughs> it's yeah. really moving. It was incredible. Well, that's lovely. Um, what is the film... That made you cry the most in your whole life? It has to be Cinema Paradiso. Oh, okay. When did you see that? I think I first saw that when I was 17. Oh, just um, when you started, it drove you to drink? Just when I started drinking, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually, I probably started drinking when I was 16, which is actually quite old for Scotland. Yeah. I mean, in Scotland, most people start drinking when they're about eight or nine. Right. So. Why were you so late? Do you know what? I think because my brother didn't drink until he was older. Really? I was copying Derek. When you're hanging out with Derek and the police force, yeah, boys, do yeah, because I do quite of, often just hang out in the police. Do they like sort of make fun of you, or are they are you like part of the gang? Do you I used to like when I was younger. All the boys that I went to the football with, 
uh, and stuff that were a bit older always to make fun of me and they all used to call me Larry like Lawrence Olivier right okay. it was like when I started going to drama school and stuff and it was like oh here's Larry how's Larry doing and now they still take the piss out of me because they'll be like oh I saw you in that film that you had one line in <laughs> you, know, you don't know how hard I mean that's it yeah. like, it's hard it's hard to even yeah. get in a line it's really impressive yeah it's a great line as well yeah. do it for us which line John, uh, oh that line oh, so too uh, the, what is it uh, uh, John Carter now, let me tell the people at home, yeah yep. I am a huge fan of Stephen Cree's acting and there's some acting he's done that I think is really hard and I, I don't think I could do and in, he's in the film John Carter from Mars or John Carter John Carter as it ends up being called and um he has one line and the line maybe is, two lines maybe two the line is this I will try to replicate it but I find it difficult to do with sincerity the line is yes <laughs> and so too will your long suffering be earth man is that right? I think that, yeah I think it's something like that yeah now will you uh, deliver it properly? indeed yes indeed it, indeed indeed and so too will the suffering be yours earth man <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It's like we're back there. My mum went to see that, uh, and afterwards she was like, are you sure you were in that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was, like, for a split second. But it's because you school. really disappeared into the part. Yeah, I was. I spent a lot of time researching that part as well. So Cinema Paradiso? Cinema Paradiso. I mean... How did you see it at 17? So I was at Langside College when I was 17, the year before I went to drama school. I did a theatre arts course, and there was a guy in the class who was 13 years older, and was a bit more of a kind of... It was like a real foreign film, Aficionado. Mm. And that's another quite, I think that's quite a tricky word to say as well, Aficionado. Oh, is that it. all right? Was yeah, that okay? Yeah. He, uh, Zach, uh, and he showed it to me uh, one night. And I thought at that point, you know, before I went to drama school, mm. I just had no idea, you know, I, I had no idea who uh, Brecht was or, you know, I'd, had I seen foreign films? Possibly not. Mm. Um, so Cinema Paradiso was like a real education uh, yeah. For me, and actually, also does just happen to be, I think, one of the best films of all time. But the soundtrack in it is just—I mm. can't. I, I to this day cannot hear that soundtrack without starting to cry. Mm. I just, the second it starts, I'm just off straight away. Yeah, are and, you a crier? Yeah, mm. yeah. Are you? Not uh, in films, yes. Right. Not in life. I know I cry all the time. Really? Yeah, even more so now. But I think I've always been fairly like easier, quick to cry, but. It definitely, as it in the last few years, even more so. But uh, I mean, seeing in Paradiso is just. That's, have you seen it? Of course I've you've not seen that. What? No, I've not seen what. Brett you know Goldstein. What? I know it's one of my like, you're like guilty things. Is that I I have seen. You're the film expert. I've seen a lot of it, but I haven't seen all of it for oh, God, various reasons. Well, there's a, and I know I'm a disgrace. There's a, there's a scene in it basically. That is one of the best moments in, in cinematic history, in my opinion. Oh my god! I, I, I took my I took my wife to see it on quite a, on one of our first dates as well, really? and uh, and I'd I'd already seen it uh, obviously, right and uh, yeah, and she and, passed. Uh, she passed, yeah. But I like during the film. I mean, I don't know. I must have cried about six or seven times at various points in it, mm. and, and I'm not afraid necessarily to cry. Uh, in front of somebody, but I kept crying so much. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. So I kind of like having to keep turning to the left ever so slightly. And the theme to it, the, the, the music in it by, um, oh my God, Ennio Mar- uh, Morricone. Yeah. Um, it, it, it recurs through the film a lot. And the second, the first, but I'm just instantly, I'm off in tears. So I kept having to. Can you sing us uh, five seconds of the tune? 
Oh, God, I can't. Actually, I'll, oh, boy, hold on a second. Let's just, I'll get it up on my phone. Let me get this best bit. And Stephen is currently turning his head to the left. Tears are coming. Oh, God. I mean... Yeah, okay, let's stop it, it before you... We've got to, we must move on. So, so you cried all the way through it. Did your wife-to-be cry? Uh... I don't know if she did cry. She, she, probably, she possibly did. What is the film what? that scared you most? What is no. The film, oh, my God. What is the film that scared you most? Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Holy shit. Dream Warriors? Uh, was it Dream Warriors? It's the one where as well, and I specifically remember this as well, because at that age when I watched it, you didn't see much of this. There's a nurse in it who turns into Freddy, but just yeah. before she turns into Freddy, she shows her boobs. Yeah, confusing. Yeah, I think that's number three, isn't it? Yeah, I think and, so. And um, there was a guy, This was, I was at primary school at this point, mm-hmm. so I'd have been, I don't know, 10 or something. Right. And there was a guy at my primary school who lived really close to the school and something, so we'd just go back to his house at lunchtime. And he put on Freddy 3 one mm. day. And, I mean, it scared the shit out of me. I could, for months after that, I couldn't bloody sleep. Mm. I'd be lying in bed yeah. at night, and every time I closed my eyes, I could just see Freddy... All that fucking song. And that song to this day yeah, is still freaky. Song. One, two, Freddy's coming, coming for you. Three, four. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, that's, it's, that's brilliant. It's that's kind of genius, whoever come up with that. I still find that quite scary. Yeah. If I sat in the house on my own and sang that to myself and the lights were off, I would get scared. There are, it's just a brilliant idea. Now everyone it's a brilliant idea. Brilliant. The idea of it's dangerous to sleep is yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. In the same way, the first paranormal activity is a brilliant idea, I think, that you are not oh, safe yeah. with your partner. That yeah. your partner in lying in your bed might be the problem. Yeah. Yeah, the first paranormal activity was it's scary as well. Scary as shit. And the yeah. conjuring. I love the conjuring. myself. Great. I mean, that's just, it goes conjuring so ridiculous. Two. Conjuring 2 is a masterpiece. Conjuring 2 is good, but it's I prefer the conjuring. I think I had, I auditioned for The Conjuring too. Shut up, for which yeah, part? Uh, like a British reporter in it. You remember the lines? Indeed, Indeed. and so too will the suffering be yours. <laughs> yeah, Freddy 3. So we, did you have, because of the scene with the nurse showing her boobs and then becoming Freddy, were, yeah. was your sexuality confused at that age of 10? Did you think... Yeah, any time a girl got her boobs out, I, inst- I, I just assumed that she would then cut me to death with her long fingernails. Mm. Did that ever happen? No, but I mean, maybe that's the way I'm going to die. Okay. I'd, f- I'd feel less guilty if that's how you die. Yeah. And I bit. could wear whatever jacket I, wear, I like. Yeah. To your funeral. What is the film that sort of critically people hate? It's a bad, people hate it's a bad film, but you're like, I love that film and I ain't ashamed. Well, do you know what? There's one, but I don't know if it, people probably won't know of it. And I actually looked up both these films on Rotten Tomatoes. Go on. To see what they're... Yeah. Now... When I, as I was saying, when I was a teenager, I wasn't, I, I didn't watch like what, I was not into the same type of films that I'm into now. Right. Uh, I was a massive Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Great. That was the type of film. Who do, I mean, when you're 15 or th- those, you know, actually. You went from Cinema Paradiso. I went from Jean-Claude Van Damme to Cinema Paradiso. And there's a film that he did called AWOL, Absent Without yes. Leave. Which in America is known as Lionheart. Is it? Because in the film, his coach... You know the guy that plays his coach? Yeah. I can't remember his name in the film. He nicknames him Lionheart. And so 
Why was it changed? I I don't know. Does absent without leave? Does does it not? Did they not use that expression in America? I definitely think they did. Yeah, maybe they thought Lionheart was a better title than AWOL. But why did why did we not get Lionheart then? I don't know. I prefer AWOL though. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I loved. I watched that film so many times when I was a kid. Did you want to be a kickboxer? Yeah, that's okay. Like you know, like, mm. you used to watch those films when you were a teenager or when you were a young boy, and you think, mm. "Oh, I'm going to go to karate. I'm going to do taekwondo," and I would go for one lesson and then lose interest because I would instantly just want to do flying, spinning bird kicks yeah. like without any training. Mm. I mean, actually, that's quite repetitive in my life. Right. I, I want a lot what? of the. I want, I want one of you know, martial arts classes. Yeah, one of martial arts classes. I've done it throughout my life. Now, I want to know how to... I want to be brilliant at something yeah. without having to put in any work. Or I want, you know, great rewards by putting in, mm. uh, you know, by putting in very little. Doesn't I think really one of the only like ways that. that works is is having a baby. Yeah. You can put in very, very, very little when you get a baby. That's true. Probably the only place in life where if you don't do a lot of work in the build-up, you don't get... I don't know. I mean, it, acting can be a bit like that. You, could, you know, you could get very, very, very lucky mm-hmm. early on. And then, I mean, that's probably not going to last forever, but it is probably the sort of profession where you could just like, you know, you don't have to necessarily learn. You don't have to learn how to play a skill like play the guitar or something. You can just, you know, you can act or you can't in a way. Mm. And so you could out the blue get given some amazing job, I suppose. You might end up being rubbish in it and never work again. But, you know, you might end up being rubbish in it and work for the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) That does happen. Um, so AWOL is AWOL but actually oh, okay. Cocktail and I did right cocktail. now I, did, I thought right I just I always thought quite good isn't no it? Cocktail is fucking brilliant yeah and, I mean Tom Cruise is amazing and that Tom Cruise is amazing full stop yes. I think but those felt no one else could have done Cocktail no or Top Gun like, there's no one that would have been Cocktail in particular actually when you think about it because that part is a sort of smarmy cocktail yeah. waiter that everyone wants to fuck yeah and it could Imagine how unlikable that could be. But yeah. Tom Cruise, you're like, yeah, good luck to you. I mean, we could never have played cocktail <sighs> in a million years. I don't, years. Have, the, don't have the. You may have been all right with Brian skills. Brown. I could do Brian Brown. You could yeah. have done Brian Brown. And also, I mean, it had Elizabeth Shue, mm. who was like Adventures in Babysitting. Remember yeah. that film when you were a kid? Yeah. She was amazing in that. But that, so I looked up cocktail. And I actually also, I thought, well, I can't say Cocktail because Cocktail's a good film. Yeah. Cocktail's got 5% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. My the, sister the reviews loved of it. it. Go on, what were the reviews? Horrific. Wow. Like, totally slated, which massively surprises me. And it's before Top Gun, right? That was uh, the breakout, I think. I oh, think Risky cocktail, Business Cocktail. Top I Gun. think Cocktail was before Top Gun. Yeah. But you know what? It might not have been. It might have been after. Top Gun was 86 I think Cocktail was after. I think it was 87. What's the film <laughs> that you loved years ago? This is kind of the opposite question, I yeah. guess. It's a film yeah. that you, that when you were young, you yeah. love, love, love. Yeah. And then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh my God, this is the worst film ever. Well, there is actually a film What's that? that I went to watch quite recently that exactly fits that bill and it was Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, really? And I kind of feel bad saying that. I've because, not gone back to it, no. Well, I hadn't gone back to it in years. And I did, that was the type of film when you were younger. I watched a lot. John Dree, the director of Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it's in his top five. Films of all time. Yeah, yeah. So it still stands up for him. I'm assuming he's watched it recently because... But go on, tell me. He's gonna I don't feel this. bad saying that because 
it's a cracking film and in, in its day mm-hmm. when I was a kid you know it was the type of film that would come on in the summer holidays or the Easter holidays or yeah. something and you would never tired of watching it but it just seemed it was just really dated now really uh, I found it quite is it offensive? It, uh, it, it probably is offensive actually I mean not that I didn't I don't remember finding it offensive but probably uh, the special effects are like so bad in it now as well which you can you know yeah. there's something quite can be quite cool about that but I just had to switch it off really I just thought this isn't you know it's not standing up some of the films from the 80s I find when I've watched them again I'm amazed how slow they are mm. for example Gremlins which I watched recently it takes fucking ages until Gremlins appear yeah. and you're like it's called Gremlins we know yeah. at some point it's going to be some fucking Gremlins get on with it it's ages Gremlins still stands up though does it not it's I, good like, it's a great film, but it is slow. I mean, I think I just cannot. What the? I mean, I'm, well, the Pixar films today are yes. going to be classic. If you're a kid now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for a fucking adult, Pixar films are yeah, absolute classics. But other films like that now today being made for kids, like Gremlins, yes. or The Neverending Story. Yes, there are. What? Uh, there was that film that was meant to be a little bit like Gremlins, which I saw, like Cr- Krampus. Okay. Actually, Gremlins isn't for kids, or is it? It's a 15. Yeah. I think Gremlins is... Well, it's like a dark... Yeah, Yeah, but it's still... Dark family film. Yeah. I love Gremlins 2 more. Fair enough. Yeah. No, Gremlins 2 was good. I love Gremlins But that's because there were lots of Gremlins and Gremlins So many too. Gremlins. And so you many Gremlins that. quite early on. It's really funny. It's got I mean, a musical how, number. How much did you want a Mogwai? So Where much. Everyone, every single kid in the world mm. that had seen Gremlins wanted a Mogwai. I had a wee plastic one. Did you? And you used to, I used to throw water on it sometimes, you just in case. Jesus. Just in case. What is the film that has the most meaning to you because of what happened when you saw it? It doesn't have to. Be, it could be like a very average film, but the circumstances in which you saw it. For example, a first date, or something big happened that day, or there's a film that is tied to a memory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but unfortunately, you already kind of asked me that question. Is it Cinema Paradiso? Well, no, it's Jesus Christ Superstar, isn't it? Mm. Because oh, okay, like, yes, all right. You know, it's like because Jesus Christ Superstar was the day was, you realised you wanted to be. Was Derek. the day I realised I wanted to be Derek and Jesus at the same time? Yeah, and and have achieved both and, in a way. I've, yeah, oh. I, I played Jesus at drama school. In what? Actually, in Jesus Christ Superstar. Did you? Yeah, you never tell me that. Yeah. You got to live your dream. I got to live my dream at drama school. How were you? Uh, I, well, Derek, actually, my brother told me I wasn't very good. What? I know. Harsh. That's awful. He didn't necessarily say that. What did he say? He was like, God, that guy playing Judas was brilliant, wasn't he? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I mean, he's, he's like a proper singer. Oh. And I was like, oh. But he was probably like trying to undermine you since you'd taken his Yes, Yeah, since I'd taken his mind. Some people also don't know how to... My friend came to see me in a play once. And he said afterwards, and that was, this has really haunted me. I'm like, what an awful... He went, that was such a good part, wasn't it? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what, do, what does that mean? That's when you know you've been rubbish on stage. I mean, I actually haven't done theatre in years, so I haven't even had the opportunity to be rubbish on stage. But I do remember being rubbish on stage. And, and the, the great one is, oh, it was great to see you up there. Oh. It was great to see you on the stage. No, what people say, when I have a bad gig, when you know you've had a bad gig... Is when people go, and it's awful. I don't know how this you, this is a thing that people say. How do you think it went? 
Oh, no, that's You're awful. Like, oh, I, I guess it went really badly then. I know. Did you enjoy it up there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looked like you did. I got horrific. I went when I did Panto, when I did yeah. Cinderella uh, in 2007 at the Hackney Empire, and I played yeah. Prince Charming. You know this. Tell the story, because I don't know how you actually moved on. And, uh, my mum, even my mum, I mean, your mum <laughs> loves everything you do. Your mum thinks you should be in everything. And, you know, I remember when she came to see it and she said afterwards, yeah, you didn't, you didn't look very confident. Oh, and I was like, oh, and then the review in the financial, helped, Mom, thanks. yeah, and I wasn't confident in the review in the financial times came out and it said Stephen Cree uh, in an otherwise five star panto, by the way, everyone's brilliant. Stephen Cree is radically miscast <laughs> as Prince Charming and would be more at home on the Glasgow uh, and be more at home as a welder in the Glasgow shipyards. That's just racist. Yeah, that is, isn't racist. it? Yeah, that's just xenophobic. Going, you can't be Scottish. And radically miscast, as Prince Charming suggests, also, that really? I have, like, I've got less than zero charm. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, but mm. still, you know, like to that. have that, I was gutted. I was, I was absolutely. Do you know actually? Tim Piggott Smith, uh, the late and great yes. Tim Piggott Smith, um, who directed me in a play a couple of years before that and was brilliant. What was the play? Uh, the Real Thing okay. with Tom Conti, uh, who I actually bumped into at the theatre oh, just really? the other night. Yeah, How is he? Uh, he's good. He's good. I said, hey, Tom, we did a play about 13 years ago. And uh, he <laughs> pretended to remember me. I mean, I don't know if he, he did. Said, yes, you were radically miscast. Yeah, he said, oh, yes, you were, <laughs> you, you were completely devoid of charm. <laughs> he said, how do you think it went? What? <laughs> right, come on. Yeah. Finish that story. And anyway, no, so I remember at the time, I, I, I think I spoke to Tim and I told him how devastated I was and he gave me some words of wisdom. What were they? Oh, I don't know. Shut the fuck up or something no, like that. what were they? Oh, it was probably like, you know, the, the, tomorrow's, tomorrow's fish and chip paper or oh, something, yeah. you know, we all get... So I wasn't actually... Someone else said... Uh, you're never as good as the reviews you are. Uh, you're never as good as the reviews say you are, and you're never as bad uh, as they mm. say you are. Fortunately, um, I don't think I've ever had any outstanding reviews, so I've never really managed to. I think the thing is, if you read enough reviews, and, and I and I sort of have over time, you start to realise everyone's got their own. You can sort of tell, like there's a. I'm going to say this in public. There's a, a woman called Camille, Camilla Long mm-hmm. who writes reviews for the Sunday Times. Mm. And she hates everything. She's not far off a Katie Hopkins type. It's mm. almost like her. she thinks her job is to be snarky about everything. I don't think I've ever seen her be positive about anything. Mm. And she writes like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. This person trying to do... And it's so hateful mm. what she does that I almost feel like you know, if you read one of her reviews and you were in the thing, I'd just be like, well, that's nothing to do with mm. me. You were sent here to hate this. I think it's completely ridiculous. Rotten Tomatoes now as well is ridiculous. It's like things get so slated mm. at times. It, it's just... I also I, think the world, because there's now so much stuff, people have to be more and more hyperbolic. So they have to say the greatest yeah. thing or the worst thing or... Because they need to get some yeah. attention. Because if you just go, it's pretty good, this. No yeah. one's going to... doesn't sound exciting. But if you go, Avengers is the greatest thing that ever happened since all the, today. All, all the bullshit that's written as well. And you'll know this because you create stuff. Like, the critics, reviewers put stuff onto it as well. Mm. It wasn't necessarily 
intended to be there, or that the actor didn't necessarily intend mm. to get across. I, I want to read like kind of layman's reviews. For me, if it just says this was fucking cracking, bro, I, I'd be <laughs> yeah, like, great, yeah. brilliant. I mean, that's it. I know that there's a lot of people that don't like swearing, but there's some. If if you just say this was absolutely fantastic, I don't think yeah. it's got the same as this was fucking amazing. Yeah, that you know, it's just got a kind of. We need more sweary reviews. You're yeah. Right. Uh, I'm scared to ask this, but what is the film that you think is the sexiest? What's the sexiest film you ever thought that you were like, well, I do, yeah, I'm in a right mess. Yeah, well, I mean, probably, like, obviously, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Uh, like, I what does that say about all of us that we love? Well, at, least, at least she's a human character. Because I know yes. bunnies, you know, female yeah. bunny cartoon yeah. characters that yeah. we fancy. Yeah. She's a human... She's a human cartoon. She's a human cartoon. So that says... That's something. It's a step towards... A, yeah. Do you know, that film actually stands up, I think, still. I saw that a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, wow, like the animation and stuff and the way it's mixed with uh, Danny mm. DeVito and the, and the actors still actually... Bob looks, Hoskins. Uh, and Bob Hoskins as well. <laughs> Danny DeVito voices one of the characters in it. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. So, and, who uh, framed Roger Rabbit's your sexiest film? Uh, no, do you know what? Probably, um, do you know what? It's uh, between uh, Roman Holiday, really, and Delhi Confidential. I think. Really? Yeah, I think. For, in terms of, like, yeah, because Roman Holiday. Have you seen it with Gregory yeah. Peck and Audrey Hepburn? Oh, yeah, it's so so romantic. Ooh. It's just so romantic, and that's sexy. You know, it's not about. I I think. Okay, but answer this question as if yeah. you don't think other people are going to be listening in. Anomaniacs 3. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, go on. Sorry, right? Roman Holiday, because, like, because it is, it's just, mm. it's such, I think it's one of the most romantic films of all time. But also, Gregory, I just love Gregory Peck mm. uh, and Audrey Hepburn. And they are, they are really sexy in it together. But I, actually, when I was, I think Ellie Confidential, because that came at a time as well. I mean, that era is so sexy as well, the kind of like Hollywood glamour. Mm. Uh, but I was, I was so, I had such a massive crush on Kim Basinger when mm. I was a kid. And Kim Me Basinger, too, yeah. and that was absolute. Is it Basinger or Basinger? Basinger. I think it's Basinger. Basinger. Kim Basinger. My, why am I saying Basinger? Jer? For a bit of fun. Basinger. Kim Basinger. Uh, yeah, she's, she, she, she is was. absolutely, uh, she's so it? sexy in that film. Hasn't she been abused in that film? Oh, actually. Isn't she like a battered wife that he meets? Do you know what? Actually, yeah. I think maybe. It's just interesting yeah, you no, pick that as your sexiest. Well, I looked at the poster the other day. Yeah. Just to, just to remind myself. I think, I, for, I think I've entirely forgotten what Ellie Confidential is about. It's really Is dark. that what it's about? It's really dark. And, and Russell Crowe is oh, like holy shit. sort of an enforcer who beats up many. Can I change it to nine and a half weeks then? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! God, I totally forgot that. We've learned a lot today. Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was like um, what's that film that came out last year with Ryan Gosling and a stone? I've just suddenly forgot, which I loved. La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, that's quite sexy actually as well. Mm. Nah. Yeah. Uh, I loved La La Land. Yeah, I loved. I know. It's, it's did you love it? I did love it, but it reminded me of um, a time in my life, and it made me very sad. Yeah. When you used to date Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like that. Have you ever seen The Notebook? Oh my God! That's the sexiest yeah. film I've ever seen. Holy shit! There you go. What am I talking about? I don't know. Oh my God! Fuck LA Confidential. Yes. And Anomaniacs. Oh, Anomaniacs has its merits. Yeah. But 
if merits is the word that could be used to describe it. Yeah, the notebook. Mm. Holy shit. And I only saw that for the first time four years ago. My wife showed me that. Uh, and I was like, I don't, don't understand the crack with this. And it's like he builds a house with his bare hands, essentially. I mean, Rachel McAdams is so sexy in that as well. The pair of them together yeah. is just so good. Do you like it? Yeah, very good. And it's just, that one MTV movie awards, Best Kiss. Oh, I have cried at that a lot as well. I mean, what a film. Yeah, lovely film. Okay. There we go. What's the film that you most related to, where you're like, that's me, that is, film or character? Inomaniacs. Yeah. Um, okay. What's the film? Ellie <laughs> Parker. Ellie Parker? Ellie. Ellie Parker. Ellie Parker. Which actually stars, and there's a poster in Brett's room here, of Mulholland Drive, it stars Naomi Ellie Parker, Watts. This sort of semi-improvised Naomi Watts actor yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, where Naomi oh. Watts plays an Australian actress who's in LA trying to make it, and I yeah. thought, I mean, that's me. Wow. I'm an Australian actress trying to make it, trying to make it in LA. And in the have you seen it? I've not seen it. It's no. it's just so. I mean, look, because I was I was really thinking. I was like, what? I just actually I can't really think of. Any films like that where I've seen the main character and thought, yeah, that's what I'm like in real life. But that is, I mean, that's about mm. an actor and she's quite, the character in it uh, is a bit neurotic at times, which uh, I can certainly mm. uh, be. Um, you know, th- there's, there's, there's a great scene where she's like driving along to an audition yeah. and she's saying her lines into the mirror and she stopped at traffic lights and she's got a window down and there's a guy parked next to her. And she's looking into the she's looking into the the rear view mirror. Yeah. And she's like, I sucked his cock, Johnny. I sucked all their cocks. I sucked them so good. And then she turns around and she sees this guy looking at her. And then yeah. she just and then she just drives off. And we've all, I mean, how many times yeah. did you find yourself you're on the tube or you're walking along the street saying, I sucked their cock. I sucked all their cocks, Johnny. Yeah, a lot. Like, I, even if it's not for a film. No, it's never I've never had those lines to say in a film. That surprises me. I do think it's. I, I've, uh, as you know, spent some time in LA and done pilot season mm-hmm. and whatnot, where you're auditioning for many, many things all day. And I did genuinely think, God, it makes everyone look insane because mm. most people in LA are doing that for the same reason. And you see people walking down the streets and around bookshops, just talking to themselves because they're all running lines. Mm. And I start to play a game with myself, like audition or mad. Yeah, <laughs> audition or mad. Audition yeah. or mad. Both. Uh, it's impossible to tell yeah. because you do see people walking down the street going, I'm suck his cock, I'm going to suck his cock, suck yeah. his cock. And you're like, I don't know if that's for Everyone's the getting NBC show generally. or if that's Fox. Or if it's for... That sounds HBO. Yeah, that's, that's definitely HBO. Great. I've never seen any Parker. Well, I, see I mean, Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a, there's a great scene as well where necessarily I think most actors will... Maybe not, but I think most actors will relate to it as well where she goes in and she has an audition and the audition goes well mm-hmm. for a change and... Rather than just letting the audition have gone well yeah. and leave the room, she then gets uh, quite excited by it and she starts the chat and then she goes to leave the room but she has to come back in for something and it basically just completely destroys uh, no. everything that was good about the audition and by the time she then does leave, she's totally fucked it. And I mean, God, we've all like... Mm. I actually remember when I was in LA for the first time ever and I went in for The Walking Dead right. back in the beginning and I, I went in and, and it went well and they called me back in and, I, and, I, and it went well and then the casting director was really lovely introduced me to like other people in our office yeah. and rather than just kind of like playing it cool or whatever I was like oh god it's just so amazing to be here at the Hollywood sign and I'm just a wee boy from Kilmarnock and ha 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 
<laughs> and instantly, I mean, look, I was probably never going to get the part anyway. What was the part? Rick? It was for, for Rick, yeah. Right. And um, funny enough, I get told I look like Andrew Lincoln all the time as well. I don't see Andrew it. Lincoln looks like me, mm. more to the point. But yeah, I, I just think, I remember walking out thinking, what a dick. Like, what a dick. But I've just done that so many times where mm. once the nerves kind of disappear and if it goes well. But you've also got parts for, like, the, the reality is, it is a bit about your personality. So Yeah, totally. It's a risk. Yeah. If your personality is awful, as in, you know, our case, it can work against you. Yeah, absolutely. And 100% in your case. Yeah. I do the audition, keep my mouth shut, and they go, let's sit and chat. And I go, nope, and just leave. And they go, oh, mysterious. When I got John Carter. Yes, exactly. And I went in for that. I met... Brad Bird. No, not Brad Bird. Um, Oh, my God. I follow him on uh, uh, Twitter. Andrew Stanton, the director of Finding Nemo. And I walked in and I said, look, before, before I say indeed, and so too will the suffering be yours, man, mm-hmm. um, I just want to say I absolutely fucking loved Finding Nemo. And I said fucking. Yeah. And they were like, it was Andrew and someone else. And they were like, oh, that's so, so great. Thank you so much. It's really funny seeing where you're from. And we got talking and we talked a little bit about Finding Nemo. And then I did it and I got cast in that part, which was to play a really swarthy looking Mediterranean character. Mm. Now, you can see me right now. Yes. I'm neither swarthy looking nor Mediterranean. You look like Hitler's dream. I look like... I look, yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. The Aryan king. Right. Yeah, Rish, you yeah. could be king, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Why not? I just thought... I just thought... I you may as well talk. go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they dyed my hair black and gave me an incredible fake tan. Mm. And I'm sure, I'm sure I got that because I went in and... Yeah. You know. And equally, you could have lost it from doing that. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, Completely, yeah. They could the have thought, what a dick. What do you objectively, it might not be your favourite, but you go, that's the greatest film of all time. As in, if aliens come down and go, oh, this film business, what's the greatest film of all time? You know, critics often say Citizen Kane or Vertigo. What do you think? It might not be the film you watch the most, yeah. the film you love, but you go, that's fuck, I mean, that. Overall, that's the greatest film ever. I think objectively? Yeah. Like maybe it has to be The Godfather. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's such a boring stock answer, but that's objectively. I just think okay. it is. I mean, I, I haven't watched it loads, mm-hmm. but I do think, well, it in part two, I think it is an absolutely tremendous film full of, you know, uh, fantastic performances. Um, I mean, my favourite film of yeah. all time probably is The Sting. Oh, really? I think, yeah. Paul Newman's my probably my favourite actor of all time. Yeah, and I saw this thing movie. about eight years ago, the BFI in London, mm-hmm. which is, uh, for people not from London, is a cinema... Um, um, it, this is the British it, Film Institute. It's the British Film Institute, that's right. And there's a cinema down there. Uh, I mean, there's several cinemas down there, there's isn't three. there? Several screening rooms, yeah. yeah. Uh, and one bit, big one, two little ones. Yeah. Oh, my well, I think there's a fourth one. Do you really know about little, it? A little, little tiny one up top. Is there? Yeah. Uh, and eight years ago or so, they did a Paul Newman season. Mm. Well, they basically showed about 30 of his films chronologically. And so I booked tickets to about 15 of them from yeah. Somebody Up There Likes Me, which was one of his first ones, right up until Road to Perdition or something. And one of them was The Sting. And yeah. seeing it on the big screen as well was, was incredible. I just, I just it's such a great film. Yeah. Like Paul Newman and Robert Redford are so good in that. It's so clever. It's so stylish. It still completely stands up. The soundtrack's great. George Roy Hill, right? Yeah, George Roy Hill. He made the world according to God. Oh, yes, right. Of course. Uh, and who's... And Robert Shaw. 
yeah. is in it as well. I mean, so I could watch that again and again and again and again. I just love Paul Newman. So would that be, if there were only one film you could watch over and over and over, would it be The Sting? No, do you know what? The film, aside from, aside from um, Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, that's a mu- it's a bit different because it's a musical, so you can listen to songs again yeah. and again. It's difficult to watch a film again and again, mm. but I've watched Gattaca. Really? Hundreds of times. Andrew Nichols Gattaca. Absolutely love Gattaca. Really? Yeah. And I think Gattaca is kind of oft underrated. Yes, I would. It definitely is. I mean, because I quite often will say it to people, and people will be like, Gattaca's rubbish. Gattaca's absolutely brilliant. Uma Thurman, Ethan Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke, Jude Law. Ethan Hawke's hair is amazing in it. Right, okay. Uh, Jude, Jude Law is absolutely brilliant. I think Jude Law's a brilliant actor. Yeah, so do I. So do I. And, he, and I think he's, at, he's fantastic in this. That's such a stylish film as well, also with an amazing soundtrack by Michael Nyman, which makes me cry. Yeah. He's got a new film coming out, Andrew Nicol, on on. Netflix with Clive Owen called Anon. Ah. What is, I don't like to be negative, but uh-huh. we do this quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Have you heard of a film called Vivaldi the Red Priest? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite film of both <laughs> And you've never even seen it in its entirety. I've seen clips of it. I don't know if it's kind of cheating to say a film that you're in but I mean like honestly I don't think I've ever seen a film as bad uh, as Vivaldi there a priest which is the first film I ever did can anyone at uh, home see it do you know what it probably I think it was it was shown in Russia right. at one point so it must be online somewhere mm. it is absolutely <laughs> and utterly 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 horrific now also I will say I admire anyone for making anything mm. you know having made a short film last year it's so hard making anything you know what it's like you've made a feature film mm. um, you know so I take my hat off to anyone who wants to make stuff but have you seen Disaster Artist yes right so I've never seen the actual what's the film that's based the on room. The, the, room. Seen the Room yeah. right I've never seen The Room right. but when you watch Disaster, uh, Disaster Artist yeah. and you see what was going on on set I turned to uh, my wife and I was like that, I mean that's Vivaldi was worse than that Vivaldi was insane we had police coming up to set and like taking away the makeup people because they got fired one day we had a day where nothing got filmed because the director insisted that she did not want to see a single shadow in the room she didn't want the existence of shadows to be in the room I was playing one of the best violinists of all time and they didn't have a violin I, I had to play a I've seven seen a clip minute, of you fake violin. Yeah, fake, it's vi- fake violin. And that clip was probably from the bit, the famous bit that I've told you about many times when there was about a 35 piece orchestra in, and I had to play a seven minute solo piece of violin music, <laughs> which the lead violinist in the orchestra said is an incredibly difficult piece of violin music. And if he did time to practice it, he would still struggle with it. I had to try and play it on the day, despite the fact I cannot play the violin. And I'd never heard that piece of music. And the director wanted me just to mime it. Mime it. So were you like pressing the string onto the Yeah, uh, yeah, onto the So it was just making... And this had been happening throughout... For seven minutes. This had been happening throughout the film for any bits I played the violin to the point where the crew at one point one day got out earplugs for a joke for everyone. And normally, under any other circumstance, I'd find that funny. Yeah. But I was crumbling. Yeah. I was crumbling throughout it. There's some great scenes in it where I'm speaking to... I did a scene with a, a French guy mm. 
So actually, when we filmed the scene, he's speaking French, I'm speaking English, but then they dubbed it afterwards, and it's like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> it is un. I mean, we went to see, when they had the screening of it in Monte Carlo. My mum came over with me, right. and it was mum's. But we got to the end of it, and my mum was like, "Oh, that was really good. But you were no. great." She obviously learned her lesson though, because mm. like the year before, when she'd seen me in the panto, yeah. And she was like basically telling me she was, I was rubbish in it. She yeah. kind of thought she should lie. So, so that's up there. But I does that count? Clear, no. When you were make, so in the clip I've seen, you yeah. are holding a violin to your chin. Your yeah. fingers are on the string, and your other hand is moving uh, the wand, yeah, the bow, the bow, the, the wand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up yeah. and down it. Yeah. So in reality, what was happening on set was yeah. 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 And, and you were doing a straight, serious Vivaldi face. Yeah, and I was. This like, is why oh. you're a tremendous actor because I yeah. don't know that I could do that without laughing. I didn't do it always without laughing, and in the very <laughs> final day of that big scene, I think I probably cried. I lost my temper that day. I don't like it when I. Do you know what? I don't. Each to their own, and who knows what circumstances people work under. But I don't like it when you know when actors lose a temper no. on sets, and you work with some. Mm. You know, and it's sometimes you can be a press environment, but I think if a makeup person lost their temper, uh, it wouldn't be accepted. But on, that was after a long shoot. I I lost my temper with the director that day, but I think I was what justified. I, I just like I think I turned around and I was like, you know, I said this is a fucking joke. I was like, come on, how can I? I I, may, I, I kind of made. Did you even it for have someone minutes. guide you, like no. vaguely, how to hold it or anything? No. no, I but they spent they spent millions on this film and didn't provide me with a violin. How did you get the part? Uh, I auditioned for it. Huh. And, uh, you know, and, and look, it, it was an amazing experience. I filmed in Italy yeah. for a few months and it was, uh, yeah. you know, the, the actual, the, the focus puller uh, on the second or the third day of filming come up to me and he was like, Stephen, listen, I don't want to disappoint you, but um, this film uh, will never see the light of day. It's, it's going to be horrendous. Wow. And I was like, well, Sean, you've definitely done a good job of disappointing me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad that you were... that you were so Because I think he was just like, I know it's your first film, and that, he yeah. said this is like... All the crew on it were mm. like, they'd never worked in anything like it. So they were decades. all good, proper professional people. Yeah, all good, proper professional going, people. Oh, this is a disaster. Yeah, and, and they were like, they'd never worked in anything like it before. I can't work out if it was nice or not, to tell you that. Well, did it do you know what? In a way, it was. Yeah, it, it did a bit. I still. Do you know what? I still. I still did the best. I was. I. I was probably horrific in it as well, but I still did the best I could on it. And yeah, but yeah, I think that I think the difficult experience you have often bond you. You know, so from a sort of and you have kind of it's kind of an adventure when you're on something that's a total disaster. It's like, mm. what the fuck are we doing? Mm. I've still got good friends from uh, from Vivaldi. And that also, that doing that job, man, I never watched, you know, I'd, I'd always worked in restaurants and offices mm. up until that point. And then, you know, doing that film, man, it gave me a bit of a... How old were you? You know, uh, I was 28. Great. I was 28. I'm afraid it was a great time. What's your funniest film? Dumb and Dumber. I mean, I don't know if I would find Dumb and Dumber hilarious now, but when I watched it when I was a kid, I thought it was incredible. So... Stephen Cree, you've, you, you died. The, here's the thing that I didn't tell you, is that when you broke your neck falling mm-hmm. down the stairs of Top Man mm-hmm. and you died, when they put the formaldehyde in your body, mm-hmm. it made your body swell so much that 
when we put you in the coffin, there's only room for one DVD. Mm-hmm. After all the things we talked about, you can only actually take one over to the other side. Mm. So which, I'm sorry about that, but which one do you want us to put in the coffin with you? <laughs> it's probably going to have to be Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah, isn't it? Gonna... And actually in a strange way, that's probably entirely fitting mm. as well, because perhaps you know, some magic will happen from that DVD and I will come back to life. My concern is, Jesus Christ Superstar, one of the things I think is fascinating about it is it's kind of a film about Judas and how Judas yeah. is like the tragic hero. He mm. did what he wasn't meant to do. Mm. And, and in a way, it's quite critical of God because God is making everyone suffer to go through this plan. And my worry is you're going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, mm, why have you got this propaganda? That's sort and, of... and I'll be like, hold on a minute, God. Mm. Hold on a second. Sit down. Yeah. Get some popcorn. I'm going to play you something, and I'm going to play him Ted Neely singing Gethsemane. Yeah, and he's going to go, oh, what? So now I've got to watch my son, because you're saying you, I've made my son suffer. Yeah. And God's going to go, I don't know if you're going to fit in around here. It's much more of a sort of upbeat vibe. <laughs> I'll be like, well, this is definitely not the place for me. <laughs> Can You should send me somewhere a bit more morose. And, okay. So where would I go? We could send you to hell. I, I don't know. Do you think the devil likes Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because that's yeah, because that's I mean, when Jesus Christ Superstar came out, it was a huge, there's huge controversy in America uh, at the time. So the the devil would love that. It offended a lot of um, Christian groups, I think, in America. Okay, all right. Well, you're going to hell. Thank you very much uh, for coming on the podcast. I hope you have a lovely time in hell with with Satan. Thank you. I think you'll get on. Um, I really appreciate you coming all this way to my place. Thanks very much. And uh, I think you're a, you're a fantastic actor. No, you don't. Uh, I think that you're an, you do you do things in acting that that I couldn't do, such as indeed, say, indeed. And so too, and so too will your suffering be yours, Earth man. Earthman. Indeed, indeed. And so too will this suffering indeed. be yours, Earthman. I had a line just before that. I wish oh, I could remember it? it. It was like. To Taylor Kitsch, mm. I said something like, "Oh, sir, th- thank you for." Si- oh no, I, oh, that's you're it. To I, I run over to him. I run over to Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. And I'm like, "Thank you, sir," because it's near the end of the film. And I'm like, "Thank you so much for saving us, sire." And he's like, "Nonsense. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine," or something. All right. Like, and then I went, "Indeed." And so too will the suffering be yours, Earth Man. <laughs> and changed uh, them to Mark Strong. You sound like Mark Strong. There was that you meant to. Uh, I think I was meant to, yeah. Right. I think okay. I was meant to. See, I think you are an excellent so, actor. There you go. Mark Strong thought I was shit. Did he? I'm pretty sure of it. And so did Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> did they tell you? Taylor Kitsch turned around to the director at one point when we were rehearsing the scene and said, is he going to do it like that in the scene? And I was like, ah, uh, excuse me. Uh, I'm over here. Oh, wow. And then Mark Strong came up to me and said, why are you doing it like that? <gasps> yeah. What did you say? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're, you're doing it, like, really angry. And I was like, oh, I, I, I've, got, I've got no idea what's going on. Because as, <laughs> I, I, as, I, as you might know, Brett, sometimes when you go into a film like that and you're playing a small part in a big film, you get zero context. Yeah, you're not really giving the house Yeah, script. you're not giving a script. So you just have to guess what's going on. So I guessed, <laughs> I guessed that he was angry and he wasn't angry. That's so funny. You know, so Mark Strong explained to me what was meant to be going on. I was like, oh, 
So hang right. on. Yeah. When yeah. you said indeed, yeah. and so too yeah. suffering be yours. Yeah. That's the correct version. That was after notes from Mark Strong. That was after notes kit. from Mark Strong. What was the original? Indeed. Oh, was it? So, no, but it was probably it was probably just a bit more. <laughs> it was probably a bit more indeed, and so too will the suffering be yours, Earth man. Right. Or something like that. God, yeah. that sounds scary. Yeah. Yeah. I crumbled that day. Did you? Yeah. What did you do? I just I was standing in my costume with my helmet on. Like with my, with my one line, mm. thinking, oh my god, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm shit, I'm really shit. I can't even say one and a half lines mm. without the other actors thinking I'm horrific. God, it's horrible, it's isn't it? It's very difficult acting. Yes, acting on in film. I think it is difficult when you're a small part and you turn up in the middle of something and you're trying to work out the yeah. sort of politics of the set and the people. It's, it can be difficult. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough, particularly if you yeah. have to say. Indeed. Yeah. So do all your long suffering be, Earthman. Yeah. You got that wrong. That was. It was good, but you got it wrong. Oh, fuck. It's hard. See, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's yeah, not it's, easy. It's, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not as easy as it sounds. Anyway. Anyway. I'll see you in hell. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks, and is Brett. there anything you'd like to plug or anything? You're in hell. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Watch Outlander. Watch Outlander. I mean, people watch Outlander anyway. They're always going to watch it. Uh, Outlaw King is out later on this year that's exciting oh yeah it's very that's exciting. exciting that's exciting Stephen Pooh's done a very big film with uh, one Chris of my favourite directors uh, and David McKenzie well David McKenzie directing and mm. see I've loved every one of David McKenzie's films yeah makes brilliant so this is this is really 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 exciting yeah we're all looking forward to it sorry you're not alive to see it yeah. thank you so much oh. for coming all right. thanks Brett bye bye So that was episode six. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Stephen Cree for coming to do it. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing and editing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. To Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come back next week when my amazing guest is the brilliant, the wonderful Kerry Godleyman. Oh, it's an absolute corker. You're going to love it. In the meantime, if you're at the Edinburgh Festival... Do come and see my stand-up show, What Is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me, 7pm every night at the Pleasance Courtyard. Tickets available on edfringe.com. I very much appreciate you listening. I hope you've had a good time. I'm glad we got to spend this time together. If you do like the show, please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps numbers or something. I don't understand. It's very nice if you do it. And in the meantime of that, for the rest of your week and the rest of your lives, please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu.
Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.